<laughs> Why are you? It's just live, man. I can't what laugh. up, guys? Your boy Quake. We're back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast, okay. number ninety. Now we're about to reach hundred, man. Ninety nine. What's up, man? It's your boy Vito. One hundred episodes of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. One hundred. One hundred. That's a lot of fucking episodes, man. That, that just is, shows man. you we love this shit. We ain't in it for the, the yeah. clout, the bullshit that comes with it. We actually yeah. love. I actually love talking about it. Music but I also too. love them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We build a whole community. Ah, yeah, Speaking of community, join the Discord, man. Yeah, join. Uh, the Patreon tiers that I was mentioning in the previous episode. Patreon.com forward slash diverse mentality. Uh, three tiers. Rich Gang, $3 a month. Second tier. Rich, actually, wait. I messed that whole up. <laughs> First tier is not Rich Gang. It is Respect Rich. at $3 a month. Second tier is Rich Gang at $10 a month. Rich and then the Stunna Island tier is $25 a month. We already got one member on Stunna Island, by the way. I didn't know if he wanted his name out there, so I'm not going to say his name. Yeah, I, I messaged him, so we'll see whenever he responds. But shout out to him. He's the first Stunna Island member. Stunna that guy's dude, he's on his own he, island. Oh, gee, I screenshot that shit. Yeah, so first shout one. out to him. Um, so, yeah, we're getting new. Join the tiers. The first tier, which is Respect at $3 a month, invites you to our Discord, which is a whole community. And it's going to be a community, diverse mentality, hip-hop. We're going to talk about sports, cryptocurrency, whatever, man. Just majority is going to be hip-hop, obviously. But every there's going to be a lot of different tiers, tags, and exclusive perks there, giveaways, stuff like that. So check out the Discord. We're going to be building a nice community there. And we'd appreciate it if you join. Yeah, man. Hey. I want to talk about that pizza that came in. Oh, God. What? Yeah, pizza. <laughs> so that last episode, the pizza that we horribly failed mm. at delivering, because I... I Ordered it to come, but it didn't come to the office. It came to our house, yeah. and it was outside for two hours, cold. Two hours. Yeah. Freezing. And I came back and ate that pizza. It was really good. Bus. <laughs> that shit was bussing. Like, Bus. literally bussing, man. So, I shout out to that it. pizza. Yeah, man. man. Shout out to the guy that texted you. Yeah, he felt bad, by the way, the text. I was for like, I was getting mad at him. I was like, man, what? Like, you left it outside the office. Somebody took How the pizza and stole it. Yeah. Yeah, so I called him. I texted him. He's like, no, no, it's, it left it at the door. Once when, when he said door, I was like, okay, he probably left it at our house. Dang. You usually don't say door for these. Like, these aren't doors. These are, like, hallway, like, whatever they call them. I don't even know. Um, but even if he came in here, he wouldn't be able to get in. Yeah, usually right. they call and say, hey, I'm outside because he can't get in. Right, so right. They call. That's, That's what I'm saying. He never called, so I didn't know. Facts. But he felt bad. He's like, man, I thought it was on me. I was like, nah, bro, it's okay. on me. That guy's a beast. Yeah. Shout out to that guy, pizza yeah. man. Yeah, so. Another way home. Good news. I still ate the pizza. I enjoyed it. So <laughs> that's all that matters. And it was expensive pizza, bro. I paid like $30 for that pizza. Damn. <laughs> yeah, 16-inch pizza. Yeah. Little Caesars? Nah, man. That was oh. a, it was something else. I forgot the company. Oh, it was uh, Mac. Mac oh, Mac. Uh, something. Goddamn. M with M. Macaroni? Yeah, macaroni. Exactly. A macaroni pizza. That's disgusting. Anyways. That's a bus. Um, Slim 400. This is sad news that uh, came out right after we finished the podcast. The following I believe it was like the following day or two days. Uh, it was revealed that Slim 400 was shot and killed in Los Angeles. And Slim 400 is um, an artist of YG's, part of the 400 uh, group. Mm. And he's actually been shot nine times before and survived it. Wow. So he's been through it already and survived it. He had like a piece of his ear actually taken off too when he was shot. Um, okay. Let me see exactly how many times. It was like the 50 cent level type stuff where he got shot. Nine times and survived. Man, a lot of people getting shot. And it's crazy. L.A. the the one of the people that that like one of the higher I think it was in the court. Mm-hmm. They're talking about how it's the purge. It's become the purge over there. So in L.A. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Let me see. What, I want to find out what, what, how many times because I know uh, this is a while ago, but he was shot. I, I wish he would have survived again. Oh, there's video footage that came out of this, and it is horrific. It is really sad. Of him getting shot? Yeah. No way. Some camera. It was like a house. It looked like it was personal. It looked like this guy really had something against. Like, he he knew what car he was in. Yeah. Came up. There were some words exchanged, which we don't know. Mm. And then Slim 400 tried grabbing the gun. Because he knew he was, yeah, was going to die. Like, the guy was going to kill him regardless. So, at least wow. he tried. He tried grabbing the gun. And the guy was just, dum, dum, like. And he's oh, still yeah. moving. Even after getting shot. A couple in that close range. Yeah, he was him? still moving, trying to grab it. And then the guy just finished him off, and then he died there. My goodness. So, yeah. Rest, rest in peace, man. At the age of yeah. 33, man. That's, that's young, man. That's insane. Um, I can't find it. The article's not showing how many times. Let me see. I'm about to let me find it. I just got it for the records. 33 is a really young age, man. That. <sighs> yeah, he got shot nine times. So, yeah. Nine times he survived. This is back in 2019. That's pretty recent. Yeah, shot nine times he survived. 
That Another ain't no 50 joke. Cent right there. Yeah, that's that's exactly what Fifty went through. Same thing. So. And you said he lost one of his ears. Yeah, like a piece of his ears. Wow, missing and. But he could walk still. Like people, some people get shot once or yeah, you know, they're like done. This guy could walk and still move around like it was nothing. Um, so yeah, I man, he's definitely a soldier. He went out, you know, fighting. Let's just say that he yeah. didn't just you know, you know. So um, yeah, sad situation, man. Thirty three years old. Rest in peace, the Slim Four Hundred. Rest in peace, man. Uh, Wack One Hundred spoke on the situation too, and it was like, um, he basically said there's a war going on. Los Angeles between a lot of gangs. And that's why it's like, it's hectic. Literally, there's somebody in Los Angeles going to get food in like this high, look like a high luxury place. Comes back, gets killed. You walk into his Mercedes. Like they wanted to rob his Mercedes. Killed in broad daylight. Like this is like, people walking, they didn't give a fuck. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so you never know. Like when you're, when you're walking around, you gotta be very aware of your surroundings. Because who knows yeah. what, what sees you. They see you with a nice car. They're like, let's see what we right. can. Right. No, no, I you agree know. with that. 100%. I was just seeing in Atlanta, somebody with a Mercedes GLE parked at a car wash. Yeah. Jumped in, took <clears> and stole it. Like, jeez, you can't even leave your car for two seconds. I mean, but some of these people, man, they leave their car just on, doors unlocked, and they, they, they walk into the gas station. I was at the gas station a couple of weeks ago. This dude let a Maserati car on and probably the door unlocked and everything. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah, it is. Get out of the car, lock it. How do we live in a world where people are stealing cars when they're on? Come on. <laughs> nah, this is fucked up, bro. Like, I worked hard for this car, and you're just going to come and fucking steal it? Like, come on, bro. Have some dignity in your life. People who steal, it's like, just get a job, man. Stop being a, like, I know it's hard to get jobs. Stop. This is some people's hard work. They work their ass off, and you're just here to take it. Like, and the thing is, like, they don't get away with this shit. Like, you can't just steal a car. Majority start, of the time, yeah. Yeah, like, start. When Akon got his car stolen here in Atlanta, he kind of let the guy go because yeah, he's like, I understood. I've been there before. They're saying Albania. <laughs> Albania, they'd be stealing and changing the VIN number. Congrats on that. Yeah. But, yeah, I was talking about Akon and uh, how he stole um, the whole thing. And, yeah, he just let him go, man. He just. God bless you, man. Take it. No, because he did it before. Remember? Oh, about how he used to steal yeah, car? yeah, yeah, yeah. So he understood where that person comes from. But it's like there needs to be some sort of repercussions for what you're doing, man. They need to have some kind like of slap him on the wrist or like something. Some kind of activation. Like only certain people can drive. Like some kind of teet. I mean, that's what Tesla is with phones, right? Perfection. Yeah. So, I mean, my car, you can, if you don't have the key, the key near the car, there's you can't do anything. You can't turn it on. You can't do shit. Right. When I have the car on and running and my key is with me. Well, that's, that's a, yeah. yeah that's a 2019 so. car. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, they have features like that. Mine, my car is running. I can, if as long as I have the key with me, nobody can do anything in that car. Even when it's running on, you cannot hit gas. You cannot put it in. There's drive. always a way to hack. A, I mean, yeah. that you have to be pretty fucking genius, yeah, professional. At that point, why are you stealing cars? Why don't you go fucking code for somebody or some shit? At that point, it's like, Damn. yeah, if you're if you're using your your genius to go steal cars, you're just an idiot itself. Like, go figure out, go do something with that smart. It's like people that all day on the internet they just create memes and, like, bro, you're doing all this graphic designing for free. Go like work for somebody who can pay you to graphic design and do this stuff. So hey, but it's their life. I know, but it's a, you're fucking up somebody else's life by living your life. That's the problem. I don't give a shit what you do with your life. You want to go do whatever fuck you want in your life. Just don't fuck up somebody else's life. Because that is. That could lead to murdering somebody. That could lead to a lot of things, man. You know, that's my hard-earned car that you're just jumping in and taking. Like, that ain't cool. Yeah, man. At all. Sweating tears for that. Yeah. Uh, Snoop Dogg. Well, it's not really Snoop Dogg. It's like a fan of Snoop Dogg. <laughs> um, this is crazy. I don't believe this shit. I really... This is like... Yeah. I think this metaverse and this NFT shit is just a way for drug dealers to smuggle money. That's what I'm believing right now. And yeah, there are some some great things about it that needs to be flushed out, kind of, you know, organized a little bit better. But this is a way for people just to like smuggle money and just kind of like Yeah, I kind of I don't get what the fuck is the point of this shit. Metaverse is a digital world. Man. Yeah, but that's so stupid. I mean, in my opinion. I don't know, down the line it could be the actual world that we're living in, so Imagine you're walking if around. If that with, happens, man, God just destroy this whole planet. No, imagine you walk around with like what the uh, what is those BR shits, right? Yeah, just everywhere, like going <laughs> yeah. to a gas station with it. Yeah, like, but you get to you get to like live hey, in Johnny. a whole, whole different world, bro. That's that's crazy. Hell? I don't I'm like it personally, and I when I get older, I'm not gonna, I'm not really gonna fuck with this. I know I'm not because I kind of love being in the real world. You know, it's like, yeah, man. why would I want to be in a digital world where things are not even real? If it was like a video game type thing, like just. 
Like you're at home just playing. I mean, video don't games. we do that in video games? Like when I'm playing a story mode game, I am entrenched in it. I am this other person who's exploring. No, a no, world. if they can make video games like you actually. That's like, what they have right now. Yeah, yeah, you are doing that right now. There's VR that you're. No, no, no. But like you, like it's it's your person, like you, like the, the 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 console, whatever, just puts you in there, like physically you, not like physically, but like. I don't yeah, know, I mean, cartoon pretty much, version of you. They pretty much have that first first person. Isn't that's what first person? Is? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I so know. they kind of have that. Just I know you're saying a more immersed like yeah, yeah. world, but ready player one. yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Ready Player One is one of those. Yeah, I get, I get it, but I you know, I was watching one movie and it was like um, there's like a platform that moves and the person was like running and like I get that, but people don't want to do exercise when they're playing video games. Man. Let's just be honest with you. They Come don't. On. Nobody wants to run in real life, get tired as hell. And in the video game, you're getting tired. Like nobody likes that shit, bro. I like Assassin's Creed. I don't want my guy getting uh, tired when I'm like running fucking across some field or some shit. I think so. we're moving too fast with this technology. I, I agree with the aliens. We're fucking up technology. fucking up life. So shout out to the aliens, man. I hope they come check us and they just check this whole planet. And they'd be like, you guys are going too fast. Stay no, down. I have always said this. I want somebody with superpowers just to come in this planet and be like, listen, you guys got to stop this bullshit. Stop, stop this metaverse. There should be no people starving. There should be no money smuggling. There should be none of this dumb shit. And hopefully checks these higher ups and yeah, they stop doing gangster. it. That would be gangster. Make that happen, guy. But anyways, we're getting totally off. <laughs> yeah, uh, Snoop Dogg fan pays 450000 to become his metaverse neighbor. Which... And I, four hundred fifty thousand might seem like crazy money, but what if downline metaverse becomes big, and this land property you're next to Snoop Dogg, and it becomes a million, one point five million, two million. It's land, man. At the end of the day, it's digital land, but it's still land. Digital. So, <laughs> but you can That's create crazy, enough. Man. You can create an insane amount of land digitally, but in the real world, you can't create more land. Land's yeah. just land. There's no more you can make of it. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll see how this goes. But that is a that is a hefty price to pay to be Snoop Dogg's neighbor in a digital world. So let's see what Snoop Dogg did. Uh, Snoop Dogg is one of the latest rappers to join the metaverse. And even in his burgoing virtual reality, people have to pay the cost to be near the boss. Uh, joining heavy hitters such as Adidas, Atari, and Deadmau5, the Dogfather has been developing his own interactive world in the sandbox, an Ethereum-based platform for creating and monetizing online hangout spaces and gaming experiences. The aptly titled Snoopverse is where the West Coast OG is currently building a voxel art version of his real-life mansion in Diamond Bar, California, where he'll be throwing private virtual concerts, parties, and art gallery exhibitions and more. Interesting. So in this metaverse, are they just going to replicate what's in the real world? So you can't buy more land at that point. If it's <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. Because it's going to be the same. It's just a digital version of this real world. So you're not going to be able to create more land, is what I mean. You can, but it digitally, but that's not the real world. And if you're creating more land, then it's whatever's on the earth. Yeah, an enhanced version. Yeah. Yeah, NFT shoes and stuff you can buy. Yeah, but I mean, hmm. I'm saying like, see how he bought land, like next to Snoop Dogg? Let's just say they run out of digital land because the earth, they create basically exactly what the earth is, but it's they buy all the land from earth. Could they just create more land? And you pretend like it's earth 2.0 and a bigger earth? Yeah, but I mean, that that doesn't that devalue land at that point? Because like, you just keep making more of it. So I don't know. <laughs> this whole shit is. I'm I, confused. As there's nothing to be confused about. <laughs> Expand um, world, world, larger world, yeah, metaverse. I mean, what I'm saying is, you know how. Yeah. 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 The talk. I feel he's talking. I'm gonna get on Vito's uh, camera. Um, all these metaverses, metaverses, I believe, in my opinion, are gonna be connected somehow. So you're gonna be jumping into one portal to another. You know, just like Rick and Morty timelines. Like yeah. Just, it's unlimited. You know, may, yeah, maybe one universe will be filled up and you know to the capacity, but then you just jump onto another one. But there has to be a limit because isn't money like it's just going to become endless? Yeah, man. Honestly. Doesn't make it special at all. Then at that point, I think it's like if you get the original sandbox, for example, where this metaverse is located at. Um, we tr looked at it today, man. There's about four hundred fifty million dollars traded in that sand, like in that uh, metaverse alone. That's ridiculous. Four hundred fifty million. So that's Jesus. a half a billion dollars. Um. I personally think, uh, like I said, it's going to be the original one. So it's kind of like. Um, I think this should be the original Earth and they yeah. don't expand it. If you buy digital Earth land too. It's going to be like the oldest city in the metaverse basically. Yeah. Like one day. It's yeah. Because this is the ancient or whatever. What the fuck? That's yeah. weird. All I want to say is y'all better cop Stana Island. 
we need a, we need an island for our metaverse. So for real, yeah, Stunner Island. He said, in addition to be to offering exclusive NFTs, NFTs such as Snoop Dogg avatars and souped up cars, the Snoopverse gives people the chance to buy virtual land. The first round of real estate featuring 122 plots of lands, 67 plots of premium land, and three estates went on sale last week, and there was one hotspot that snapped up for a hefty fee. According to Rolling Stone, one NFT collector spent 450000 on a virtual plot of land in the Snoopverse on Friday. While that might sound like an inordinate sum of money for virtual land, Snoopverse landowners can actually build on their plots and profit off residents who visit. So basically an Airbnb. <laughs> I don't know. This is interesting. Uh, I'm about to go to the metaverse and just this become something totally different. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. Anyways. Thanks a lot, Facebook. $450,000. That's crazy. That is a lot of money, man. Um, Travis Scott. We talk about this guy. Like, since this astral shit's happened, every episode there's been something new that I've talked about when it comes to Travis Scott. Uh, this guy isn't escaping what's going on, and rightfully so. Um Everybody from Live Nation, Travis, to Energy Stadium, to one of the other event promoters, I forget their name because there's so many of them. They all should be held responsible, obviously. Um, and there's a $10 billion fee that needs to be paid. You know, so... Do you really think it's worth that much for this shit? Like, everything that happened? About 2,400 people got injured in total, some way, you know. 10 people died yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying in a way like, you know, death, people dying, that's like, there's no price on that, you know? Yeah. Like, the person's gone. <clears throat> but I'm saying for like, 10 billion seems kind of like a lot, man. I mean, when you look at how much Live Nation makes, when you look at how much right, right, Live, right. bro, the CEO netted 100 million himself. Just the CEO. So the company stock has been rising like every single year. They make mm -hmm. that ten billion is a lot. Don't get me wrong, but if they paid that, they have to pay that in full. They wouldn't really. It would affect them a little bit, but it wouldn't be anything big. You think so? Yeah, bro. Come on, man. The way he was shaking in this interview. I hope these people get every dime they deserve from the person yeah, yeah, who fact. fucking had their toenails ripped off from stepping somewhere. Yeah, that person deserves some money. Everybody, it should not. This should be a lesson that this should never, ever, ever, ever fly again. Nothing. You guys, don't go low on security. Don't put only two water stands where there's 50,000 people in one area. That's stupid. Like, people need a drink. We're humans. We're going to get dehydrated. Uh, don't allow random fucking people to come in and sell drugs and all kinds of stupid shit. Yeah, you, like, I mean, you can't control that. There's ways you can control it. Even Travis Scott in the interview was saying, hey, we need to implement some of these oh, things. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's drones you can fly around. There's a lot of shit that, that's, like, security-based. He said, he said the tags that you come in? Right, right. He there's like, yeah, that. there's a lot of shit you can do with this yeah. stuff, man. Somebody um, needs to figure out a solution. There needs to be investment. Like, Live Nation yeah. making all this fucking money. They need to invest some of it in making sure people are safer. Some equipment things and just figuring out how things work better. The problem with Live Nation is they, they're a company that licenses out things to smaller companies, promoters. So they don't, they don't look into the thing at all. Mm. So the, small, the smaller promoter can't contact Live Nation if something goes wrong. Because right. it's like, it's the way it's branched out is so they don't hold any liability for anything, which is wrong. Um, so, speaking of Travis Scott, he did an interview with Charlemagne. Uh, it was roughly 51 minutes long. To be honest with you, he didn't really say shit in this interview. Yeah. Nothing that was, it was kind of just jumping around like circles and mm -hmm. not not really addressing anything. And he said, if I could prevent it, thousand percent I would prevent it, obviously. He would say that. Um Nobody wants people to die. I know that he's not that evil of a person. But it's just the liability aspect of it is now he's he's pretty much fucked and there's money that's going to be flying out of his pockets, Live Nation. So they what, what they did is basically they got together. He talked to his lawyers. What's the best move to do? Let's play the victim card. Let's, you know, let me say I'm the one that's, man, I've been struggling with this. And he could be struggling a little bit. I'm not saying this guy's, you know, heartless, doesn't give a shit about humans and doesn't care. But it's... It's flipping it. It's like the abuser when they flip the role on the person and say, I'm the victim, I'm the victim because of all these things you put me through. And really, they're the ones that's beating the shit out of the person and causing all these problems. Um, and that's what he's doing. He's playing the victim role. And Charlemagne is throwing good questions at him. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Really. But he just maneuvered through them. It was like the Kyrie Irving situation when he left LeBron James. He went on first take. Stephen A was asking him all these direct questions. And he was just like loop, 
like he was like bullshitting around these questions. It wasn't even answering. But I feel like this organization is this like no, he was asking direct questions and he's just ignoring it. And that's the same shit in this. He was just ignoring these questions. Um and that the the responses he was giving were really just no details in them. It was just like here, this is like a you know, like a automated response when you respond to like a company and they just give you an auto that's what it really was. It was just yeah. like an automated response. So with the question Charlemagne was really trying to get him to answer these questions about you know, yeah. And I get was, why he doesn't want to answer. And I'm glad it was Charlemagne that did this interview. Yeah. He, I think he's very good at that. Uh, it says here, Travis began by describing the emotional roller coaster he's been on since that fateful night in November. He said, I've been on different types of emotions and on an emotional roller coaster. It gets so hard because I always felt connected with my fans and I went through something and I feel like fans went through something and people's parents went through something and it really hurts. He added, I've been in, I've been just in a room for a while a lot of my thoughts, and luckily, I have people around that I can bounce ideas. I've been doing this for such a long time, and nothing like this has ever happened. So you're kind of figuring it out. That's false. There's things like this that happen. People haven't died at his shows. But people have been paralyzed for the rest of their life at, at his shows, by the way. So it's happened. And he's there's video footage of him enticing people to beat the shit out of fans for taking a shoe. So these things happen at his shows, like breaking down barricades and you know rampaging shit. This happens at his shows. Now, people... You know, you would think he would have learned from previous events and, you know, nobody would die. But clearly now that people are finally dead, people are dying. He's like, okay, I need to do something about this. When this should have been, the guy who got paralyzed should have been, even he said, he was like, this should have been fixed in 2019 when I got paralyzed. This should have been a situation that should have been solved and this shouldn't be happening. Um, then, you know, the tragedy has resulted in billions of dollars worth of lawsuits, which we know, um, many of which they they blame Travis Scott, which he's not fully to blame at here. I know people want to point the finger at him and be like, you know, since he's the headliner. But, you know, Live Nation has a huge role in this. They're yeah. the ones that set up a lot of this shit. And all they're doing is just, they release, they release one statement. They haven't said shit else after that. They're actually putting, they're actually filing uh, court documents to not get sued so they don't have to have any liability for this. So they're the pieces of shits in this just as much, if not worse. Because they're not doing anything. They're not helping anything. Um, and the CEO hasn't said shit, by the way, from what I've seen. The CEO who's... Let me find out this guy's... This Probably guy's Travis still. is even fighting with Live Nation, too, man. About the situation. I don't know. Could be, yeah. The CEO of this company is Michael Rapino. So that's the guy that you guys should be tagging, pointing your fingers at as well. Because he, he holds liability for this. Um, and he hasn't said shit, by the way. And he's the... This is the guy that made $100 million in one year, CEO. Mm-hmm. So He's the CEO of Live Nation? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, once the interview came out, the victims basically said he's trying to shift blame. And yeah, that's essentially what's happening. Um, let's go over the article here. It said, uh, Travis Scott granted his first post-Astroworld interview with Charlemagne on Thursday, December 9th. During their 51-minute conversation, Scott opened up about the emotional roller coaster he's experienced since November 5th tragedy in which 10 people were killed and hundreds of others were injured. Uh, but one of the victim's family's attorney isn't feeling the interview. Uh, speaking to TMZ attorney Tony Busby, who's representing the family of 21-year-old Axel Acosta, said he believes Scott's interview did more harm than good. Instead, of, instead he thinks the sickle mode rapper was trying to paint himself as the victim. Alex Acosta and many others killed and injured are the victims. He said, Travis Scott, his entourage, handlers, promoters, managers, hangers, uh, hangers on, and everyone else who enabled him are the problem. Everything that Travis Scott has done or said since 10 people died and hundreds of other people were injured at his concert has been lawyer-driven and calculated to shift blame from him to someone else. Busby also questioned Scott's claim he didn't know what was going on in the crowd, adding, he now says he had an earpiece in and was not told what was going on in the crowd that raised the question did you have an earpiece in his eye or did in his ear why did he purposely ignore the death of ma'am occurring literally feet from him so that is a good question he did have an earpiece in you would think they would be able to communicate something's going wrong to his earpiece and he would be able to kind of end the show they did end the show earlier because it was supposed to go past 10 12 it started at nine o'clock it ended at 10 12 it was supposed to go longer than that i'm assuming probably till 11 but it did end a little bit earlier now, they couldn't end it 10 minutes in. I know a lot of people ask that. Why didn't they end it immediately when it started happening? Because people would riot and go crazy. Imagine you're, just imagine you're going to a concert. Maybe you're traveling from somewhere far. You come to a concert to see Travis Scott, and 10 minutes in, he's like, I have to shut the show. 
that's going to piss a lot of people off. That's not that's the right true, way. Yeah. So you have to you have to play it very lightly. The problem is though, if you keep the show going, more and more people can die because mm. of what's going on. So it's it's, it's a tough a, situation. Yeah. It is a tough situation to be in. It's hard to be in his shoes, man. I, I get it. But that wasn't Travis Scott's shoes. He didn't. He didn't I know, but as far as with those people, those yeah. those people, no, they did. They should have figured something. There's ways around that where it's like, hey, try to inform some of the crowds that hey, these things are happening. Go, they're understaffed too. A lot of people undertrained. You know, a lot of these things could there's there's been ways to avoid this, man. There's been plenty of concerts with fifty thousand people, nobody died. So it's like there's ways to avoid this. It's just it's the toxic behavior that this guy with his fans has this relationship of raging and just going fucking crazy. Like you I know, mean, and he's like yeah. to rage is like, you know, just to enjoy the show. That's not what it is, but raging, like the definition of raging, I don't even know what the definition is, but I know it's not. Even if the concerts shit. stop, this could have been handled, you know, to handle these people, take them to safety, blah blah blah. You think they would do that in like 30, 40 minutes? You know, there's just so many people, it's impossible. And then continue it again. It's impossible, bro. No, and there's people getting trampled, like, and you can't even see those fucking people. So, how are you going to know? Like, people are, it was just fucked, bro. Yeah. Well, then it's the definition of rage is violent, uncontrollable anger. And that's exactly what happened. That's the definition of it. At least that's the noun. The verb is to feel, express violent, uncontrollable anger. That's a big concert, though, man. 40,000 people. That's hard to 50, control. 50,000, yeah. 50,000. But I mean, that it's been happening millions of times, but there's yeah, 50,000 concerts, 50,000 people. Lots of times, man. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. what's the problem with that? Yeah, Kanye, I'm sure Kanye and Drake yeah, but was, we didn't have this situation. We huh. didn't have problems with Kanye, 100,000. Yeah, nobody had problems. That's what I'm saying. There's but, more yeah, people and nobody had saying, problems. But, but when a problem happens, then it's like, how do we handle this? You know, I, I just think people are not prepared. That's what you I'm know, saying. They, they don't prepare people good enough when you have a situation like that. You know, like these people should, in management, be like, hey, if this situation happens, let's say worst case scenario, how should we handle it? It's just poor management. They went through over that. Even the chief said, hey, this is... Well, then they fucked this. up because they didn't do it right. No, it's, it's... They didn't hire enough people. And people broke through barricades. That's the problem. Is And what? who encourages that? Travis Scott. I don't know anybody breaking through barricades at a fucking Jay-Z concert. Or Eminem, I don't see Bob throwing shit and f- drugs all over the place. Like, I don't see that shit at other people's concerts. I really don't. Kevin Gates, did we see anything at Kevin Gates' concert? There was, like, two people fighting yeah, down there. Gates is not, like, that type of artist. His, he's, like, more energy. Like, Machine you know, Gun Kelly, bro. This guy fucking jumps on yeah. pillars upside down. Oh, yells. They don't, the rock, there's rock concerts that have way more aggressive shit, and it's not like that. It's just Travis Scott, he... His image out there is rage. And yeah. I just read you the definition of rage. It's unviolent, yeah. you know, uncontrollable violent behavior. So And Charlemagne, I think, said that too. Didn't he say it though? Yeah, but then he yeah. he flipped and was like, Oh, rage is like a family. It's like a get together. It's just to yeah. express how you feel. That's a you whole know, just, we're out here to have fun. I would have been like after Charlotte after I read that and he said that shit, I'd be like, Look, this is the definition of rage. This yeah. is that's not that's not what this is not connecting yeah, at all. Yeah, right. but you know, it's family and love. Yeah, it was Horrible interview. I agree with the lawyers. He's just trying to save face. His lawyers recommended him to do it. Try to shift blame on other things. And whenever he asked you, do you take responsibility? It was shifted. It wasn't even answered. You know, so, yeah. This this is a back... This, <laughs> this is so fucked. Like, this whole situation is fucked. Like, I, I can't... I, I'm literally watching it day by day. I can't wait till this court, like, I, actually I, goes into trial. I hope it wakes up some people and they fucking... In they, the future, like, the shit gets fixed somehow. Yeah, we just, the amount of technology we have now, we should be able to yeah. maneuver this better. Yeah. It shouldn't be like this. Um, yeah, so continuing on, Rick Ross addresses his relationship with Meek Mill. So You know, they had a beef. Um, well, not really a beef. It was just like behind <coughs> the scenes, people heard that Meek Mill wanted off the label and Rick Ross wasn't letting him release his album and, you know, small things like that. But Rick Ross uh, addressed it like a true boss. What? Uh, yeah, so shout yeah. out to Rose. Uh, even though I troll him sometimes, I definitely do I not. love Rosé. Yeah, Rosé is a Officer Ricky, what? William Roberts over here. Yeah, he's a cop, so let me see. <laughs> Ross, you a cop? Ross, you a cop? He's a cop. So let me go over, let me find that clip, because I want to play he's that clip for you guys. He's a security guy. That's a oh. cop. That's still a form of law enforcement. <laughs> Come on, man. He's uh, not blue, red and blue. He is red and blue. <laughs> Behind the dude, he's the one that's literally closing the cage on some of these people. Yeah, y'all looked up. Yeah, so Y'all ain't getting out. What doesn't make sense and until you bought my album. And this is what Fifty said. It doesn't make sense. Is he was like, "How do you have Meek Mill 
going for prison reform, but you have somebody who is literally the person locking the doors. <laughs> <laughs> 50, you need to chill, dog. Yeah, that was just... You're a gangster. No, 50 said that. And then, yeah. what was it? Tim Westwood? He's, like, looking at him, like, yeah, you're kind of right. <laughs> like, he was he was thrown off by that. He's, like, I didn't, I didn't think of it like that. And then he just sit there, and it was, like, they're staring at each other for a good, like, five seconds. And 50 was serious. You could see in the interview, he was some bullshit. Um... <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's that's just that's crazy. Let me see if I can. Oh, I'm trying to find this. Where's the article? At? What date is it? The ninth. Yeah, I'm gonna play that clip for you we guys. M- MMG album. MMG album. Yeah. Who's gonna be on that album? Me, Mel, Rose, Wale. That's all you know. Gunplay. <laughs> Gunplay, you know. MMG. Amarion. Oh my God, Jeez. come on, man, he's a good singer. All right, let me play this clip right now. Let me see oh. on his relationship with Meek Mills. We got you here. How would you describe your relationship with me today? Both. I feel like we we both hustlers. You feel me? As, as you can see, Meek Mill posted my artwork last night. And, and that's how it is. That's one thing about life. You either grow together or grow apart. And as a boss, you make that decision. Because whatever it is you want to do, Ricky Rose want to see you do it. You understand? So I like when I brought Meek Mill on the team, Wale on the team, everybody on the team, it's a lot of people didn't last or still down with me the way Meek is. So I want to see the homie shine regardless of whatever happened. So what was that line on Lil' Havana? I, 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 let any, I let everybody or anybody get close to me. What did you mean by that? Let the homie live. Mm. I'm going to go my way. You could go yours. But make sure you keep winning, brother. That's all Rosé want to see. Straight up, that's just like a brother or sister, whatever it is. I want to see you win, even if you get married and move to Colorado. <laughs> I want to make sure you eat good on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Post your on Facebook. Fucking the way that laughed. That wasn't even funny. He just said, I want to see you move and go to Colorado. <laughs> What's so funny about it? People be laughing at the dumbest shit sometimes, bro. Bums. But yeah, the, what he said was some real shit. I, yeah, I respect man. that. Even I though William 100%. Roberts, you know, is locking people up. Can you stop? <laughs> you hurt I, my feelings. No, he said that's one thing about life. You either grow together or grow apart. As a boss, you make that decision because yeah. whatever it is you want to do, Ricky Rose wants to see you do it. So, Rose? Yeah. I did give him props on he's always made sure his team is good. No, no. I've never heard anything. You got to respect that, man. I respect that. That's a boss. Yeah, that is a boss. I swear to God. Yeah. I swear to God. He is, even though he's uh, closing the cage on a few people, it's all right. Jeez. We'll forgive you. <laughs> wing stop. Censor that. <laughs> Get that wing stop. <laughs> Lemon pepper wings. Shout out to promotional wings. Hold up, wait a minute. Hey, so there's an old interview that before Nipsey passed that he did with Steph Curry. Um, mm-hmm. There's a clip that got released. Yeah. And in the clip, basically, Nipsey explains why he became a rapper. Because a lot of people, you know, they come become a rapper for fame, clout. Um, things like that. Nipsey, though, explained uh, it's just he wanted a platform to kind of educate people and to kind of talk about what's going on. Mm-hmm. So he basically got asked about the Victory Lab album, which we were talking about how you guys were saying it's a classic. Yeah, I still, you know, I don't, classic is a huge word for me, so it, I got to sit with it a lot longer, a couple more years to decide if it's a classic or not. Nice. But it's I think it's a very back. great Sorry. album. You know, there's good albums, there's great albums, there's very great albums, there's classics. It's very well executed. Yeah, so he talks about, he says, I'm proud of that album. There's a lot of blood, sweat, heavy, uh, critical expectations for each one of those records. I think over time, it'll reflect how much was put into those songs, and I think the album will have legs and stand the test of time. He then continued and said, basically, Steph Curry asked him, you know, why did you become a rapper? Um, he said, I'm sure in your own way you can relate to looking at basketball, from not being a professional, just being a young kid with, with a dream, and being somebody that got a passion for the game, and then looking at where you're standing now, Nipsey explained. And for you to tell that story and to flash back to the younger version of yourself and re-identify with those emotions, that's how I look at the album. He said, I wanted to be a rapper. I wanted to speak on a platform and all the process to get here. That shit wasn't no straight line. It was ups and downs and setbacks. I would assume as an athlete, you deal with injuries, politics, and sports. But when you get to where you're going and take a moment to step back, that's what I looked at. Uh, Victory lap as the reflection. So, yeah, Nipsey was something else, man. Yeah. Shout out to Victory Lab, too. The albums. I was so happy when I saw this article. Yeah. Just to talk about Nipsey. Yeah, he hasn't 
he hasn't obviously you can't release anything new because he hasn't. He's Man, I can't wait till some music. I comes can't out. album like I, I'm copping that shit ASAP. Physical, patiently physical. waiting for it. I'm gonna get a uh, vinyl. I'll record. spend a thousand on this album. All right, no, no cap. I already did that before. I never bought it. So <laughs> that was I was a kid. Nice. I was young. <laughs> I didn't understand the game. Anyways, uh, continue on. Recipes Nipsey Hussle. Um, Rod Wave. So he he um, scared a lot of people. And I even saw this in my messages on Twitter. Um, he just deleted his social media and released a, released a song called Nirvana. And if you know what Nirvana is, it's uh, what's his name? I forget his fucking name. Uh, Keith. Nirvana's the rock band, but what's the leader of the rock band? I forget. Kurt Cobain, I bet. I always forget. Yeah, Kurt Cobain. Uh, Kurt Cobain killed himself a while ago. Uh, he was a legendary artist, somebody who was creating uh, a lot of great music. Mm-hmm. He ended up blowing his brains out, killing himself. This is back in 1994 or something like that. I don't even know what year, 19. Something like that. So um, he released, Rod Wave deleted all his social media, released a song called Nirvana, which is homage to Kurt Cobain, who killed himself. In the song, he basically says, I don't want to live anymore. He's like, I'm, I'm depressed. Wow. I don't like this life. Um, too much pain, blah, blah, blah. And people were like, yo, what's going on with him? They were like, where's your social media? Where he just deleted social media? He's gone. Is he okay? People who know him, check on him, please. And um, yeah, it was for a while. It was like, what's going on? He ended up addressing it, though. He actually came back. He reopened his Instagram and posted and was talking about why, you know, what, what, what happened, basically. So let me go over the lyrics of the... Um, Nirvana was about suicide, but he was angry that people took it literally. He's like... Why the fuck would people take that shit and just say that that was my suicide letter? He's like, that's not how it works. That's not how suicide letters work. You don't go to a studio and record suicide letters, bro. He's like, uh, like, what are all the blogs and shit posting? Just like twisting up shit saying Rod posted a suicide letter. That's not true. He said. The lyrics in Nirvana, though, appeared to read like a suicide note, particularly in the beginning. He said, if you're hearing this, it's too late. I've been writing this since Tuesday. Today, Friday, the mean that means tomorrow's doomsday. And he's like, tried to fight the pain. It ate me alive. Sad to say, I lost a battle against my mind. You should be happy for me, homie. No more suffering. We all got a day, I guess. We'll see each other then. So, yeah, basically, it sounds like a suicide letter. But I know what why he's upset about that. Um, he posted on social media, too. He just basically said, y'all twisting up the words. And it was just a record to spread suicide awareness. And just to realize that people do go through this shit. Oh, and okay. Yeah, so... He just wanted to address and he said he's working on his new album and, you know, he's uh, looking to uh, move forward. Well, I'm glad there was no suicide. There is somebody, though, that's going to suicide. Blockboy yeah. JB. So if you guys know what Blockboy JB is, that look alive, look alive, that artist on that record with Drake. Um, a lot of people know him for that track, but he's had, like, street hits such as Shoot, Roover, and then obviously Look Alive. Mm-hmm. But he did take Twitter and he said, wake up wanting to live, go to sleep wanting to die, going through depression is a lot. And then he wrote, Jesus, please take the wheel. I'm ready. Um, during the interview with 2020 Revolt, uh, Blockwood JB admitted everything he does is for his father, who is currently a t- serving a 25-year prison sentence. My goals I already achieved. I want to get me a star on the ground. I want to be in some movies. Matter of fact, I got my own movie on the way. It's my daddy's movie. My dad's in jail. He's been in jail 15 years. So I think that's what he's probably going through is the fact that he's his father is not here to enjoy his success. And he is facing through like depression. And I always say, people, man, get a therapist or try to uh, figure out a way to kind of express. Usually these artists, they can't express their feelings through music. They usually do. And that helps them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have to go further. Yeah. And finding a therapist too is not just you find one and it clicks and everything's perfect. Right. You have to go through a lot of cycles to find the right therapist that actually works for you. Hobson was talking about how he was going through depression. And when somebody told him to go get a therapist, he got a therapist and he was like, this therapist was garbage and didn't even help me. And then he found a different therapist mm-hmm. and all of a sudden his whole life changed. So it's just about finding the right person to express your feelings and kind of get off your chest what you need to. And hopefully they can give you better advice and feedback and kind of adjust your life. Um, so now Hobson's doing perfectly fine. So, yeah. But I feel like a lot of people sometimes cannot get therapists. Isn't it expensive? It is. It does cost money. Yeah. But I mean, do other things. I mean, change your lifestyle. That's the thing is like a lot of people, if you just change your lifestyle, your habits, if you're creating bad habits, it's just going to lead to bad things, you know. Um, Change your lifestyle. Start working out if you never worked out or 
I don't know, wake up earlier, change stuff about your daily schedule because humans were creatures of habits. So we get stuck in certain habits and it's bad for us. And that's why I do like, I sometimes drink a little bit too much caffeine. I'll drink Red Bulls and I'll drink coffee, but then I do a 30 day cycle where I take a break from it, you know, replenish my body and like kind of clear out all the caffeine that I'm used to. And that's what I'm saying. Like there's, there's things that you can do to fix that. man. It's hard. It's easy for us to speak about it, but to go through and, make that change it is difficult it is no i yeah, mean yeah, yeah. i've had I'm things that i'm i'm like i'm yeah, trying to wake up difficult. earlier and sleep so for the people that can do it and they make it happen props man. but that's 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 the thing it's like if, if you just do these small steps towards it that's i'm not saying oh, start working out and go go hard in the gym every day right. just go just go there and do one workout you get see how it feels yeah. the next day try something else mm-hmm. and like you know like mess around walk take a walk for 30 minutes outside yeah. people don't even do that anymore it's like you know, I've been meaning to do that myself. So it's like small things that just, you know, that could change your whole perspective on things. So, Thanks. yeah. So prayers out for Blackboard JB. Hopefully, he gets out of that um, depression. Uh, French Montana. I'm giving props, French Montana. This is rare. So this is hang. This is rare because okay. I don't. You know, this guy is all over the place. Wow. Okay. But he visits the Congress to speak out against American opioid addiction. Shout out to French Montana for this one. Be a beast for this. Wow. This uh, is beautiful scene quaking. Yeah. Uh, French Montana traveled to Washington, D.C. on Wednesday, December 8th to meet with Congress at the Capitol Hill to bring awareness to a few issues that weigh heavy on his heart. One being the opioid crisis that has plagued America and its ties run deep in the rap game as well. Montana was seen by reporters walking the halls of Congress and Mike Rubino, uh, who reps the Bronx Red Rappers, said he took over 13 meetings throughout the day addressing various cases, causes. Um we wanted to come here to talk about the opioid epidemic spreading through the country, especially disproportionately hitting the African-American community. Um, French Montana is also in the process of launching his own company, Pure, which will offer services to those looking to become sober like Montana without taking more drugs. Being part of a family who left Morocco to live in the United States in the 90s, immigration is another issue that hits home with the Coke Boys leader. He also spoke to people about immigration as an issue as a naturalized uh, citizen. He went through the entire process and just feels there's an onerous burden uh, people put on people who want to do things the right way and it's too long and lengthy of a process. That is true. To get your citizenship and stuff, it can mm. be a hell of a process just to try to come here and then deal with the the aspect of the government and trying to figure out everything. Yeah. As a I got a mechanic right now. He's Hispanic and he's 12 years here. Still hasn't got it. Yeah, that's so he's going through money with lawyers. This that is ridiculous. Twelve years he's been living in the United States, still hasn't got a citizenship. That is fucking disgusting. And he's like, I know the best way I can get my citizenship is get married with somebody from here. That would help me a lot. But he's like, I haven't found the person because you have to find somebody you can really trust too. Because he said, if they screw it up, I'm, I'm screwed. I have to go back. Yeah, anything to go wrong, he said. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, so shout out to French Montana visiting Congress, speaking out of the opioid addiction is insane here. It's getting ridiculous. So he's speaking about things that are really, really impacting a lot of people's lives. So shout out to French Montana. Yeah, great, man. great move. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion, I just want to give a props for her for graduating um, college. Yeah. Graduates college. Shout out to her. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was her mother's wish uh, since her mother passed away. That's beautiful. Yeah, she completed that. She didn't have to do that, man. You know, she's a multimillionaire. Doesn't have to go to college at all. One bit. She did that for her mom. Um, she said, you can catch me, uh, you can watch me graduate today starting at 12. So yeah, she threw up the hat thing too, like Thanks. all graduates, graduators do. Um, so shout out to her. Great, great accomplishment. Fat trail, man. This is, I don't know how he gets arrested again at this point. This guy's been in and out of prison so many times and it's unfortunate because he's a pretty dope artist, man. Uh, he was at one point signed to Maybach Music, uh, which is Rick Ross label, William Roberts label, um. Let's see what, what exactly he got arrested for this time. Fatrell was arrested and booked in the Arlington County Sheriff's Office in Arlington, Virginia, on Wednesday, December 8th, just two months after he was released from prison. The former Maybach Music Group artist was hit with four counts of a revocation of suspended sentence and probation in connection to a 2018 arrest. What does that even mean, revocation of suspended sentence and probation? I have no idea. Um, jail records show his arrest date and court date at Arlington Court uh, County, whatever, uh, Thursday, December 9th. It's unclear if he's being released yet. So he just probably violated, seems like he violated one of the conditions of his parole. Yeah, it could be. But yeah, this guy's been in and out March 2016, July 2018, uh, 2020, legal possession of gun, 
just it's unfortunate, man. He's very talented as an artist. I really a lot of these talented artists they're not I don't know, they just don't stay consistent in trying to stay out. They can make a lot more money, man. Being free in the world, you can make a lot more money, man. Live a good life. Uh, I'm gonna skip through this this article right here. I'm just going to mention one thing. Um, Nicki Minaj defending herself against ghostwriting allegations. So I, the reason why I mention this is because she is a dope-ass artist, and I kind of want to give her her props for this. Mm-hmm. And people are saying she had ghostwriters because when, when her uh, guy at the time, Safari, left, all of a sudden her bars became different. But to me, I don't see it that way because when Pink Print came out, it was more of a personal album, so that's why the music kind of came different. So she said... Uh-huh. People are just saying, yo, you have ghostwriters, you don't write your own shit. She tweeted out saying the songs I wrote the rap and the hook to. Moment for Life, which is a fire record with Drake. Um, did it on him. Did it on, shit it on, basically, is the record. Bees in the Trap, which is Two Chains. Mm-hmm. High School, I don't know that record. Uh, probably the whole Pink Friday album. Most of all the album cuts on my albums, um, these are naming on singles. Other writers' names are added for sampling, ad-libs, feature production, etc. Um, yeah, that Pink Friday album is something dope. I 100%. It's really hard to write personal lives from somebody from a different perspective, somebody else writing it. Very hard to do. So, um, yeah, she's a very talented. I just hope she gets back on that um, pink print type of vibe. I don't mm-hmm. like the, the the pop route, which I know. It's to sell records. I get it. But that pink print, that's something totally different. That was fire. And she was going through the Meek Mill situation and all kinds of stuff. So shout out to her. Good on her for defending herself, too. Because a lot of people be attacking these female artists and yeah, y'all for no reason, man. They don't be doing shit to y'all. Y'all just be hating on females for no reason, man. Oh, it's a hip hop. It's a man's genre. Like, yeah, don't bro, there's hating. a lot of females killing around doing better than males. So, yeah. don't be hating. Don't hate on my Barbie. Yeah, Rick Ross. Uh, new music came out. Rick Ross dropped his album "Richer Than I've Ever Been." No way. Richer than the album's out. Ever been? Yeah, it's out. It's been out. richer than ever. Yeah, richer than I've ever been. It's been out. <sighs> He's too rich now. The features. It is. Let me see. How many tracks? 12 tracks with features from Willie Falcon, The Dream, Benny the Butcher, Wale, Future, Dream Doll, Young and Ace, which I checked out that record. That's the first track I checked out. I actually liked Major Nine, Blacklisted, I believe, B-L-X-S-T. I don't remember how to pronounce that guy's name. Jasmine Sullivan, 21 Savage, and Wiz Khalifa. Interesting. I'm curious to see how many, how many, how double wood this album goes. You know what I'm saying? It's not gonna sell much copies. That's what I'm saying. Double yeah. wood, if we're lucky, it'll probably sell ten thousand, fifteen, maybe twenty. Stop. It's not gonna do good. You bro. really this think is, it's gonna do that? This bad? is Rick Ross. We're this is Bose. I'm, I'm trolling. Yeah, I'd probably do at least thirty thousand. I think he's. What gonna is his last album? I'm just uh, here's. Lee, I, oh my god. His last album did not do that. Let, much, let's do bro. a prediction, man. Okay, real. let's see. Um, I'm just gonna go off his last album and see what his last album did. But that was two years ago. Port of Miami too. This is the follow up to his debut album, by the way. Imagine this is like 50 naming his next album, Get Rich or Die Trying 2. That's what this is, by the way. I'll just put it to perspective. Right. Port of Miami 2. What? Let's see what this shit did. It probably went triple plastic. Triple plastic. 80,000 copies. Okay. It debuted at number two. It even debuted at number one. Number two is first is the worst, second is the best. <laughs> 80,000. I predict this album doing, but I'm being, all right, let me be honest here, about 60,000 copies. <laughs> so you went up. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, if I saw eighty, I, 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 I thought his last album did like thirty thousand. I'm gonna be honest, you. That's what I thought. I think he's gonna do like fifty three thousand. I said sixty thousand. Okay, 50, I'm, I'm giving him more than you are. Close. Uh, we'll see. We'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, Juice World, Fighting Demons. Shout out Juice World, man. Another album out. The second, yeah. I think this is the second or third posthumous album. Eminem's on it. Justin Bieber. You got Trippy Red, Polo G. Um, it's a dope-ass album, man. Uh, shout out to... And Eminem is not rapping, by the way. He's speaking on the album. So he's giving his props to Juice World, which is dope. Um, I'm sure this is going to be number one next week. Juice World does numbers. Russ with Chomp 2. You got Lloyd Banks on this album. Sahai the Prince, Ghostface Killer, Conway the Machine. This is a straight boom-bab hip-hop, which is dope. Something different. J Electronica, Snoop Dogg, DJ Premier, Big Crit, West Side Gun, Styles P, Ransom, Pat Poose. He's got all those heavy spitters on this bitch. Uh, Hit Boy's on there, too, so... Uh, that's Russ with Chomp, too. You got Big Boy and Sleepy Brown, the big sleepover. 15-track uh, project, Killer Mike. You got um, who else on here? Yeah, mainly Killer Mike, KI. Big Rube has features on this album. Scotty ATL. 
Mm-hmm. Shout out to that big boy and Sleepy Brown project. Hot Boy, Life of Hot Boy. I haven't checked this out yet. I'm a huge Hot Boy fan, so I got to listen to this. Uh, you got 17 tracks on this. Kodak Black, 438 Talk. You got 42 Doug, Moneybag Yo, Lil TJ, and Future. So that's 17 tracks on that. Pierre Born and TM88, Yo88. 11 tracks with Young Nudie and uh, Wiz Khalifa's features. Wiz Khalifa's back? He just got features, yeah, on some tracks. Yeah, yeah A Boogie with a hoodie. Ooh. Before Ava. I don't know what this means. It's the EP. Seven tracks with 24 hours featuring Lil Dirk as a bonus cut. Dirk is on the every fucking album you can potentially think of. And then a f- couple of singles dropped. Uh, Jim Jones with Migos. We set the trends. PMB Rock with Young Thug and Lil Baby. Eyes open. Um, Doughboy featuring 42 Doug and Rowdy Rebel. Ain't my fault. RZA featuring Flatbush Zombies. Plug Addicts. Uh, 2K Baby. Postman. Those are the new music um, for your guys' ears to check out. Yeah. Album sales. Adele's number one with 30. Uh, still at 187,000 copies. I believe Juice World's going to beat this because his album's coming out next. And I'm sure the album's going to do like 300, probably 200, 300,000 copies. Somewhere around there because his fans go hard. Uh, Taylor Swift, Red, Taylor's version is at number two still, 80,000 copies. Apology Hall of Fame, the deluxe version, has debuted at number three with 77,000 copies. Shout out to um, yeah, Apology on that. Michael Bubble Christmas, these Christmas albums, number four, 62,000. Olivia Rodrigo Sour, number five with 51,000. Morgan Wallen, uh, Dangerous, the double album, number six with 47,000 copies. Drake, Certified Lover Boy, number seven with 46,000 copies. Mariah Carey, Merry Christmas, number eight with 41,000 copies. Doja Cat, Planet Her, number nine with 40,000 copies. Vince Gallagher Trio, Charlie Brown, Christmas, again, another Christmas album, number 10 with 38,000 copies. Uh, moving on forward to these hip-hop albums. I usually like to do the top 10 first, and then I'll do the rest. Nardo Wick. Who is Nardo Wick? Which is, who won't smoke with me, that guy. Um, he did 28,000 copies for his first project. Debut at number 20. Not bad. It's good. Who won't smoke with me? Yeah, that's one record, so he's, he's good. He's going platinum on the record. He's going to get there. Uh, I believe Drake shouted it out, too. There he's bumping it, so it's probably going to boost him a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Um, scrolling down, let's see here. Kanye West Donda is at number 31. With 21,000 copies. Young Boy, NBA Young Boy is at number 34. Oh, they didn't mention the, the Birdman and NBA Young Boy album. Yeah, that's Why what they, yeah. yeah, so we should have talked about that. Yeah, NBA Young Boy and uh, Birdman have a project from the Bayou called Bayou. out. Actually, pretty much enjoyed it. I like some of the tracks. Some of it were all right. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty decent project. That's the only project I actually fully listened to because I just wanted to see. I was curious. I think it was all right. Yeah, it was all right. It was pretty decent. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't I know feel, why I, didn't I, feel, I feel like Birdman was really trying to change NBA Youngboy to get more serious and he needs to, you know, yeah. yeah. I'm he glad needs he's to. Doing. Somebody needs to do that. Yeah. And he's only listening to Birdman right now, so he said I only signed to Birdman from once I get out the label. He said that's the only person I'll sign to. So I don't know. This Birdman has like a hold on certain people. It's like Yeah, he's good <laughs> it's at It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? Yeah, he's good at that. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to music shit, Birdman is number one. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it's a gangster for that. You know, I don't know if he's kissing them and they're loving it. I don't know. I'm just joking. Rich, okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just joking, like bro. That, I like, dude, we named yeah. our whole fucking Patreon off Birdman. I fucking respect Birdman. I'm just trolling. Man. Let me add some little jokes and yeah, zabs. Yeah, it's all good. If he's here, man, I'll be like, relax, man. I'll keep my distance. <laughs> I'll kiss Birdman. Shit. <laughs> yeah. What's the respect? God I would. I'll yeah. kiss him on yeah. Dragon yeah. Ball forehead. I have to do that, man. Oh, if I do that, I'll, I'll need to rub his head. Three. Too. Yeah, exactly. We got it. So, uh, yeah. NBA Young Boy, Sincerely Kentrell, number 34, with 19,000. No, don't disrespect me, man. I love you, man. No, no homo. For real. Uh, Rod Wave, Soulfly, number 35, uh, 19,000 copies. Juice World, Legends Never Die, number 36, with 19,000. Smoke, number 37, still. Still going hard, man. Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. Man, he would. I wish he was alive to see this. 19,000 copies. Thank you for yeah, 37. Little Baby, my turn, still on the charts. It's about to be two years, officially. By the way, Post Malone's album. Well, his debut album. Yeah. Out, this shit dropped in 2015 or 16, somewhere around there. This shit's still on the charts. What? Prove yeah. it. Stony. It's not on the top 50, but it's in like uh-huh. top 200. still on there. Wow. Yeah, even look, Hollywood's Bleeding Post Malone is number God, 48 damn. with 17,000 copies. This guy is that just... That is gangster. Yeah, so... That's um, priceless. Shout out to uh, Post Malone for killing it. Yeah, man. Come to Diverse Mentality Podcast, Post Malone. Yeah, Post Malone's a beast. Um, I would love to have him here. I was going to talk about something else. What was I going to talk about? Just slipped my mind, man. Damn it, man. Yeah, I hate man. when that happens. Yeah, rich gang shit. Oh, the Kanye West and Drake event. Oh, yeah. Um, Too bad I missed it. 
I don't I don't agree with people saying this online because okay. I think this is going to start beef again because people just love to see competition. Mm. I hate when they're saying this. But basically, people are saying Kanye has tricked Drake into a versus with him without him knowing. You th- oh, wow. Because Kanye washed. I, I, I'm not even. Like, Kanye washed Drake. What? Like, have you seen this show? No. Kanye washed him. It was so. How? It was perfectly executed because the Philly actually went there live. Talk to Philly, please. I'm going to be off camera, but no, the, I was at the show. The energy. The first half, Kanye went, and then the Drake came through, and the energy was just not there. You know? Like, it's, it was. Everybody saw it. Like I think it was mainly Kanye fans that took over the whole stadium. No, too. it was a definitely a Kanye event. Hands yeah. down. Hands down. Yeah, because it said there, it said Kanye was with special guest Drake. Special guest, yeah. yeah. But you think Drake would, like, you know, do a splash, but Kanye, man. I think Drake was just performing the wrong songs. But he could just, he played everything off uh, Certified Lover Boy. He, yeah, he why would you? He played a couple songs from, like. Yeah, why like, would you do that? Did he just not I care? I read an, I heard an interview one time from him, and he said that if more people get hyped on your old shit than your new shit, that means you're falling off. So he has this, like, idea of, like, constantly putting out his new shit. Not really. People just like nostalgia. I don't agree with that, though. I just think nostalgia. Because Kanye was going through everything. I mean, every, his, bro, to be yeah. honest with you, Donna, though, wouldn't have hit. If he played a song off Donda, I don't, what, what song would have hit? A lot. He, he played a couple of songs off Donda. Uh, there's this one called... Now, nah, for all of this, I Wonder, which I love. I was like, he's playing all these classic records. I'm telling you. What do you play off Donda? I don't like, remember. Uh, um, there's this one called, like, Water, I believe. Nah, he didn't. That's what I'm saying. He, he did. He maybe one record. Bro, or people two. were like, they're they're up, they're lifted up, man. Like people, I, I, people start pulling out like weeds, are smoking. Like so, you're like, saying Donda Donda would have had a bigger splash than Certified Lover Boy if it was played like. Yes, in a stadium, in a stadium, bro. I disagree, dude. That Coliseum was made. You had like the fire from like. Yeah, but it was Kanye bias. Like everything was Kanye the for the whole fucking the event. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It just added to the the atmosphere. I think he tricked him into literally a versus where it's just, but Drake. Drake came there with good intentions. He was happy that Kanye was singing the Find Find Your Love record. He was singing that record, which is Drake's track, produced yeah, by Kanye. Yeah, he's like, I find like he was singing and stuff. Drake was like looking up happy as fuck. Like, yeah. And then uh, Drake, when they played uh um Can't Tell Me Nothing, Drake came on stage as yeah, well. I love that moment, so bro. Like, Can't Tell Me Nothing is yeah. top five record of all time. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. There's no like in history, that's gonna be the top five record of all time. That's why 50 lost. Like that that record is just too fucking good, bro. It's like you got in the club and you got Can't Tell Me Nothing. Like that's Whoa. that's where it's at. That record is I'm glad he came out to that record. I love that record. That record is just the the, the beat, man. Just Kanye with that record just snaps, bro. I can't think of anything better. Dude, even God's plan, he played that. Yeah, and it didn't hit like Kanye stuff. Yeah, like Kanye, man. It was just. Uh, I mean, Kanye has more weapons to his arsenal. He's a producer. He's I can even tell, like, like, from the way the lighting was hitting the stage on different songs, the way the smoke yeah, was coming yeah. out, the colors of the light, the everything about it was just so well in, yeah. in sync, man. And that's how you know it's just it's a full production. It's not just the music. And, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, man, everybody vibed to fucking uh, Kanye over yeah. Drake. People respected Drake, though, but that was definitely a fan. And like I said, 100,000 people were, people left, no incidents, no major yeah. incidents. I just don't like that the people are trying to pin him against each other. It's like, it's bro, kinda, they, they yeah. ended the beef. Like, bro, yeah, they dabbed stopped. each other up. They hugged yeah, each other. Yeah, like, like I on. think Drake probably purposely did that, too. It could be that, man. Drake purposely just played his new records. He didn't want to, like, turn it into a versus. Interesting. Because, yeah. like, I mean, could Drake's you, a smart guy. Cause yeah, what if what if he turned it into a versus? What if they they played each other's biggest records? Then it would be a versus, one hundred percent. What if they talked about it beforehand, right? But they couldn't get the versus name because maybe it's trademarked, and so they had to do their own little thing. What do you, I mean, you never know with these. It's not a versus. I don't okay. think because like that's why he played more than new music because he didn't want it to turn it to versus because they could have easily turned it to a versus. Easily, easily. You just easily. play each other's hits yeah. and it's a versus. There you go. That's a versus for you. There's nothing different than the regular versus. So. Yeah, I think Drake yes. kind of just backed off and just let Kanye kind of do his thing and didn't really, you know. Yeah, no, it was definitely a Kanye concert for sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, people were roasting Drake because they're like, yo, Kanye just washed. I'm like, you guys aren't really listening. It's not like Drake Drake didn't really try that hard. If he just played new, which I didn't see the full show. I watched about an hour I'll of it. I'll be honest. Even Drake's energy on stage, it was sort of there. I liked the way he talks to the crowd. Like, he, there's a different, like, kind of, um, what do you call it? behavior between the two the way they like make you know run the show yeah kanye though you could tell like it's not about the songs he was putting in work like from his energy the way he's walking out the way he's like talking yeah. to people yeah the way he's yeah he uh he became the show drake was more on a corporate in a way you know hey nah. guys, <laughs> i love you guys you know, thanks for coming out and supporting blah, blah, blah. yeah kanye just did it uh, did that with his like he showed us how much he you know i don't know how to explain it man no i saw the energy was there with kanye yeah, he was man, he was, was there 
But Drake was just kind of like, I think Drake was, Drake wasn't, because Drake looks up to Kanye. That's his, like one of his idols. He's always said that. So he Drake, that, he said that in the in yeah in the show. But yeah. Drake, when you look, when the camera on Amazon panned to Drake, whenever Kanye was performing, you could tell Drake was like enjoying, like he was a fan, just yeah. enjoying the show. He didn't really give a shit. He was like looking up, like 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 just smiling, just enjoying it. He didn't really give a shit. I don't no. think about any of the. He was just happy to be front row at a Kanye West like event. That's really what it. That's how I viewed it when I, when I was seeing Drake. It's like, you know, like I don't know. The thing is, like the venue was a coliseum. Wasn't yeah. like a you know a world star kind of stadium or anything. Yeah, it was just like a, it imagine like a Roman Colosseum. Yeah. Like, and they had like fire pits and like it was just. Yeah, no, Amazon showed the whole. It was nice, man. The yeah. Amazon angles, and, and right finally like, Kanye was looking at the cameras and like because he was always looking, and then finally he sees the cameras. Yeah. He starts going performing. I in actually, front of I need to watch the Amazon because I saw them like on stage and in my head. I'm like, dude, I have to see that van- vantage point. Yeah, that was I'm, cool. Um, but yeah, right when they walked off, the craziest part was uh, there's two of them. One of them was like right when they walked into onto the stage. The moon was coming up from behind, like the Coliseum, at the same time they're yeah. walking. I was like, "Dude, this is crazy." No, one that one person took the photo of them like walking down together. That shit was fire. I was like, fire. "That's a dope ass photo." Uh, the second one was like uh, towards the end when they said, "You know, cut cuts light, you know, turn on the lights," and all that the whole Coliseum turned on the lights. It was fucking. It was crazy. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. No, it was, a, it was it was a nice event. Looks looked dope. Yeah. Expensive. I mean, but you're selling right. fucking t-shirts for a hundred dollars or free Larry Hoover on the text. Yeah, bro, that's like. <laughs> How much money do you think I they think, made off uh, that, bro? We calculated it, and we did it on average ticket prices. Uh, it was about about forty-five to seventy million dollars. Nah, you got to be bullshit. Hundred percent. I can show you. Was there really a hundred thousand? I don't know. Does that fit a hundred thousand yes. people? Yeah. It was because there was an empty side though. Like there was a one part. You know what they did? The choir. Yeah, I guess they s- they said it seats a hundred thousand. So I bet it was like seventy-four to seventy-five thousand. It was sold out though. I can tell you that. So there was a, like a quarter of it was empty because of the choir, but then the, you have to realize there's suites. They had a whole suite section, you know, at yeah. one point, and there was like four floors on that suite. And, um, no, it'd be like I believe at least eight, seventy. I'd give it like eight, sixty, eight. probably seventy. Yeah. yeah. Still, I mean, you got two of, of the biggest yeah, current yeah. artists oh. coming together to perform. I would hope it would sell sixty thousand people. It would be a failure if it didn't sell that much. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, we estimated it. It was like rough. Plus the merch, like we're not yeah, even. Plus merch, yeah, yeah. That we yeah. God. That's I mean, possible. I mean, I mean, the Coliseum oh, probably cost a couple million to reserve. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, all the setup. Yeah. You're paying those people Secur- to set up the stage. Security. security. Was, they ha- actually, when you talked about drones earlier, they had drones for yeah. security. They did. Yeah. A po- That's like, what I'm saying. Like you could, Travis Scott like, can afford to do that shit. Travis Scott is rich as fuck, dude. His wife is a billionaire. They can afford to fucking hire some drones to look around. I swear. Put it, yeah, put it. Actually, man, there's a, I have a video I'm going to show you guys after this, but like, yeah. um, we might even put, post it up here. It was this the one girl, like, this one guy got on top of the speakers, like they climbed up and they're going crazy yeah. at one point, and then this girl went up and immediately like security, security came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like we couldn't even find them. They're probably and dressed they, as civilians. <laughs> no, they had like the shirts on. Yeah. Like, maybe they put them on. Yeah, they took it out. Yeah, they're like. <laughs> yeah. But then they just grabbed them down, like right away. They yeah. squashed it. Yeah. Like, without it, like it was probably less than a minute. No, they just told her to come down, and she kept dancing. And they're like, then this guy jumped up. He's like, "I'm gonna throw you down if you don't come." Down. Yeah, exactly. Like, like they weren't playing. Stop games. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, so like it just shows you security was on point, man. That's how it should be, and everybody should be getting paid properly. It shouldn't be cutting corners, cash apping somebody two hundred dollars to be a fucking medic. The fuck, the dude. Hell is that? Yeah, the guy got paid two hundred dollars cash app to go be a medic at Travis Scott's event. No, that's I, you deserve. Like that ten billion is one hundred percent warranted. I don't give a fuck. For the energy, like after we left, the end of my bad. The energy, like after we left, was like people were so excited, you know. Yeah. Like, but now, like they want to flip over cars. Like they just <laughs> felt satisfied. Yeah, like, I know. It was like a clean energy type thing, you know. Like that was like, wow, we just saw something, you know. Yeah. All of us walking out that night, and so you see, like, like you said earlier, man, with Travis Scott, like it the is. type of he's anarchy, right? It's all about rage and this and that. And, like that's the type of fans he brings in. Kanye West, man, like you know, Drake, like they, biggest superstars in the world, but look, they can. Literally, uh, captiv- uh, captivate a whole audience, a hundred thousand people, and not one death, not one injury. Yeah. You know, and people had a good time. They went home. Say that's professional. That's how you know you're a pro at it. Yeah. So like they, everything was on. You know, tight. Like they had their Escalades was crazy. Right. Well, now. they they do also attract a little older crowd. No, well. I do, no. So we looked at that. Yeah. I even talked to my friend about this. Yeah. He's like, we looked around. I was like, is this a Drake crowd? Or is this a Kanye crowd? Most of the people there were young. Like I'm talking like college, like. 18, yeah, 19, I'm 20. saying, but. 
Like if Most you're of people at the stadium, and they were rocking with Kanye. That's the thing. I'm yeah. telling you, man. Like Donda was something special. I don't think Donda would hit like that, though. I, I really don't. I promise you, man. It, it did. There's a few records that would hit, like Jail. Probably. I ain't going to jail tonight. Like that record on a stadium, like that would sound dope as fuck. There's a few records that would hit, but like Certified Lover Boy, there's some of the stuff, man, from 808 Heartbreaks that he played. Like yeah. the intro. Like some people didn't. I could tell. Like some of these guys, like they had no idea. Yeah, they have no idea. That's like, crazy. That's I know I mean, all the records. I was like, saying, bro. like, I was like, damn, he's, like, this playing, is my he's playing. I wonder. I was like, what the I fuck? Wonder. Yeah. yeah. And then man. can't tell me nothing, bro. When that shit hit, I was like, that's fucking fire. But yeah, I would say like it was mostly younger, and they still went with uh, Drake. I went to my bed with uh, Ye. Um, all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's wrap it up now. Um, that's it for this episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. Number 99. Thank you to Philly for sharing your experience at the concert. Yeah, he was there at the event. And, um, we love you, man. That's actually part of why. <laughs> the, yeah, the episode was a little late. This is the recent one that we uploaded. Uh, yeah, man. You know, it was connectivity, internet issues. That was just uh, garbage in L.A. They really have horrible internet. I don't know how so or why. but I blame um, it on Drake and Kanye. Yeah, Drake and Kanye definitely 100% to blame. Fucked up Philly <laughs> for me. So, yeah, it was, that's why the episode came out late. So this previous video version of it, at least the audio came out on time, but the video was a little bit late. But check it out if you guys haven't checked it out. The Stunning Island number 98, I believe it is, um, where we explain more of the Patreon tiers as well. So go ahead and check that out. And that's it for this episode. That's Support it, us man. on Spotify, Deezer, Pocket Cast, all that, Apple uh, Podcast, all that. Uh, what else? Yeah. Discord. Obviously, Discord, the way you can get access to the Discord is through patreon.com forward slash diverse mentality. The $3 a month tier gives you access to our Discord, which is the respect tier. All the tiers give you access, but that's like the lowest tier that you can get entry in. Uh, $3 a month respect. And then Rich Gang and then Stun Island. So that's it. Yeah. Uh, that's be safe. And I'll see you guys next time. We love you. Ho- episode 100, by the way. Hold on. Episode 100. Oh, shit. DM me your guys' top five albums, top five songs. Um, top five albums, songs, top five songs. Um, top five artists of the year. Ooh, I like that. DM me, go on Discord, comment on there if you're already on the Discord. Um, right now, I'm not going to do Discord because it's so new that we don't have much of a community that we're building it. Next year, it's going to be exclusively on Discord, so I'm not going to take in any DMs or anything like that. But for right now, we're just building it up. So if you are on Discord, definitely um, go to the voting section. We're going to build up the artist um, or just comment on uh, what, what, what section would they be commenting on. There is a voting section. Yeah, go on there. We're going to set it up. I love it. You can vote. Essentially, what you want to vote is top five artists, top five albums, and top five songs. We're going to make our list. I know people want a top ten. Personally, top five to me is more compact, a little bit easier to do. If I do top ten, I'm going to be a, I'm talking about this shit like all crazy. day. So, yeah. uh, it's harder to do top ten because it's less. But, I mean, top five. But it's less. But whatever. So, yeah. Next episode, 100. We're going to do that. Fans are going to be implementing a little bit. That's what the Patreon tiers, by the way, are for, too. There's a Q&A and then the Stunna Island one you can actually implement to the podcast so we'll do that please shout out that guy that said 100k okay well yeah I mean, please. We, we did get a fan comment saying yeah. uh, his name is Jojo in the comments so shout out to him yeah. um, he's predicting we're going to hit 100,000 subscribers by May and I need to fulfill that that's going to happen yeah if your guys support motivated us, being, us. yeah that's going to happen yeah. so let's do that I'm calling right now I'm claiming it 100,000 by May whether it's on the highlights or the main podcast it doesn't make a difference to me it's 100,000 at the end of the day. We're going to get two plaques up in here, too. Once we reach 100,000, you get the highlights plaques, and you get the main podcast. We'll two Gangst. plaques in this bitch. So that's what we need to get, working towards that. Thank you for the support. Thank you, guys. Have an amazing night, day, whenever you're listening to this. Peace. I love you.